Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Car Talks with Emily Perry. My name is Emily Perry and I do have a confession to make and that is that I am not in my car. Um, so please don't show up at my house with pitchforks, banging on my door, my dogs will bark at you and it gets really loud in the house, my mom will have a headache. It's not worth it, let me explain, okay? So when I, you know, decided I'm going to do a podcast from my car, um, I thought this was a genius idea. I was like, not a lot of people do this. Um, I, I'll have guests in my car and I, you know, it's just going to be like this niche market. And that's definitely not the way to use the term niche market. But in my head at that time, that is what went, that, that was the idea, um, And I'm learning now that it's not that people haven't had the idea before, it's that it's just simply not feasible. Um, I was using this little, little like portable audio recorder that I bought from Amazon and this like tiny little mic that I would like clip onto my shirt and you could still hear all the background noise. So I would have to turn off my car, which means usually I was either freezing or I was like sweating and even then like the audio was just awful and i would have to do so much work on the back end to fix it um and it made me not want to record because i knew how much editing i was gonna have to do and it frustrated me so i think doing it from my house is more feasible i bought this new microphone that i am recording from that is much higher quality than what i was using and i'm in the comfort of my kitchen and that feels like something I could keep up with, which means I can put out more content to you all. Um, so it looks like Car Talks by Emily Perry is going to need a bit of a revamp, a, a bit of a rebranding, if you will. So be on the lookout for that. But I know you're not here to hear my excuses about not recording my car. In fact, most of you probably don't care that much. But um, I do have some things I want to speak about today. So let's get into it. Let's do it. So, you know, as I start to grow this podcast, hopefully I do want to start following like a pretty like consistent structure and I want to start every episode talking about things I'm grateful for. Um, Gratefulness is not something I used to practice very often. I spent a lot of time thinking about things I didn't have and I know it's going to be so much better for me to focus on things I do have and I've made a lot of improvement but there's always room for more growth. So that's how I want to start every episode. And I'm feeling grateful for a couple things today. Number one, I'm feeling grateful um, for the ability to love and be loved. It is Valentine's Day as I'm recording this. I had a really great Valentine's Day. I'm not in a relationship, I'm single. um, And I've always been single on Valentine's Day. And that used to really, really bug me. It used to make me super upset. I used to call it Singles Awareness Day. I was one of those people. And then like three years, actually, I think exactly three years ago, um, I was in a really bad mood. And a friend came up to me and he was like, Emily, EP is what he called me. He said, happy Valentine's Day. And I just turned to him and I said, don't you mean Thursday? And I just kind of walked away. It was very rude of me. Um, But I was just, I was in a, a specifically like, bad mood that day like just like top tier bitch mode um yeah I was just not having it and a little later that day he called me this was while I was in college he called me and he was like where are you right now and I was like I'm in the library or something why and he's like can you meet me in the BSC which was our student center I said everything okay he's like yeah I just need you to meet me and I said okay so I walked over to the student center and I saw him and he was holding a Valentine's Day card and a little chocolate guitar that he bought for me and he just you know gave it to me and he said he could tell I was having a hard day and he wanted to be me to be able to celebrate Valentine's Day so it was really like one of the nicest things that like anyone's ever done for me especially on this holiday and it just made me realize that You know, Valentine's Day is not just for people in relationships. Valentine's Day is a day to celebrate love in all forms. Um, And that's something I've really 
prided myself on since that day. Um, I like to do Valentine's Day. I haven't done it in a little while just because of COVID and whatnot, but um, I like doing Valentine's Valentine's Day brunches and giving out Valentine's Day cards to my coworkers. And today I got to go to a coffee shop. I was, you know, I have to read this book for work, so I was reading that and. I bought myself a little like Valentine's Day latte and the people were so nice like the baristas and I actually brought Valentine's with me so I gave them all Valentine's and we had this like cute little moment and it was just it felt so good to be able to like celebrate with like strangers and I just I love I love love and you know it's it's in the little moments that you're building that love and I feel like I have been so much more open to that love from everyone around me since that moment three years ago and especially on this day valentine's day has become one of my favorite days of the year and i'm just feeling very very grateful that i'm i'm able to celebrate it now the second thing i'm feeling grateful for today is the ability to run um i'm gonna go into this later in the podcast but i've gotten very much into running recently um And I've been able to run further distances, uh, longer durations, and faster than I ever have before. And when I was younger, and even just like last year, you know, running was just like, I'm like, I'm not into cardio. I lift weights. I'm a weightlifter. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm not a bodybuilder. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm a powerlifter. That's the word I was looking for. Um, And I thought that was like, that was my niche. That's what I did. I I was a woman in the gym. And... You know, I didn't, I didn't like to do cardio. I just hated it. But like cardio, I think it was because of that, you know, that myth that like cardio is the best way to lose weight, which one is 100% a myth. But, um, you know, I've tried to push myself so far away from diet culture that I just neglected it altogether. But cardio one is just so good for you. It's called cardio for a reason. It's unbelievably good for your cardiovascular health. Um, And also, cardio feels really good when you do it right. And that is something that I have been working on tremendously over the last few weeks is learning how to do cardio the correct way. And that makes me enjoy it so much more. Um, Runner's high is definitely real. Definitely real. It is a super cool sensation. Um, And I'm so excited to see what the future holds for me in running. Um, but more on that later, but yeah, definitely feeling super grateful for the ability to run and improve on my running. The last thing I'm feeling grateful for, I mean, there's many things, but the last one for this podcast, um, is my job. I work for a company that does something I've never seen other companies do before. Um, and that is instilling these really, really strong, positive character traits in children and having them say affirmations and building not only their physical strength but their emotional strength their mental strength and you know it's just been such an honor and pleasure to be able to combine my passion for working with kids with my passion for fitness and wellness um it is like a match made in heaven and I've I like I said I've never seen a program like this it's just amazing um and I'm just also grateful to be on the leadership team um for my facility um you know that has given me the opportunity not only to grow as a leader within this company but also as a person and a leader in general um I tend I work with a really really wonderful leadership team that care about my personal development and you know we have these book clubs where leadership like development workshops and meetings where we're talking about like books that we're reading and you know we're talking about trust and vulnerability and and coaching culture and all these things that like I wouldn't have the opportunity to do in a lot of companies so I'm feeling just super grateful to be a part of that because you know I don't know where I'm going to be five years or even next year Um, but what I do know is that I can take these skills that I'm learning and I can transfer them into any job I could want so I'm just yeah I'm feeling super grateful that I can 
I can learn these qualities and improve myself while also working with kids and helping them improve themselves. So that, that covers my gratitude, I think. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about today this idea of being 1% better. And I just had to pause for like 10 minutes because I found this quote like a couple weeks ago that has stuck with me and I think about it literally every day. And then I just went through my phone to find it and it, it's not there. I've, I've gone through my camera roll like seven times. I've been paused for like 15 minutes trying to find it. Um, and then I had to like look it up, but like <laughs> I couldn't remember the exact quote or who said it. So it took a while. Anyway, you don't care. Anyway, the quote is this. And it's by, um, at Dr. Doyle says on Twitter, he says, can't clean up the whole room, clean a corner of it. Can't do all the dishes, do a dish. Can't get in the shower, wash your face. Always look for the thing you can do with the energy and focus you do have. Little wins pave the way for bigger wins. 1% beats 0%. Oh, such a good quote. So good. Okay, so the first time that this idea was brought to me was my senior year of college. And the person who told me about it, the way they explained it was they were just super overwhelmed with schoolwork and all this stuff. And, you know, we were sharing that same sentiment. We were both overwhelmed. And basically what he said to me is, you know, I saw this thing online. It was a quote similar to that one. And he was like, handing in a half-assed paper is better than not handing in anything at all. Um, or, you know, handing it in for a D is better than getting a zero. Um, that's not like the exact words we used, but that was the idea that we were talking about. And I think in the moment, you know, I understood it for academics, right? Um, you know, they say C's get degrees and, you know, I don't disagree with that, but, um, Anyway, what? What am I talking about? <laughs> anyway, I I understood it from an academic standpoint, that, that 1% beats 0% idea, but I never generalized it to any other part of my life. I mean, at that point, I was pretty deep into my disordered eating. Um, you know, I had lost a lot of weight. I was super stressed in school. I was busy. I did everything. So, you know, I just, you know, I was at my wit's end. I was a candle being burnt at both ends or whatever that saying is. Um, And so at that point, I couldn't even think about applying that to my life because I liked to put my all into everything. Um, I'm definitely an overachiever, um, except for when it came to my schoolwork. But that's because I was burnt out and stopped caring. But again, not the point. Not the point. I didn't truly start to grasp this until recently, this idea of being 1% better, you know, and it really didn't hit me that hard until I started working with kids and I work for this company now and I'm coaching these kids. And especially in this last month, um, the kids were working on grit and, you know, we were working on holding these like elevated, like pike holds and plank holds. And that's like difficult. Like I can barely do that. Um, and you know, we started at like 15 seconds and then, you know, each week we pushed it a little bit more. And by the end of the month, they were holding these pike holds, these plank holds for like 45 to 60 seconds. And, you know, some of the kids would fall and then they'd get frustrated and, you know, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. And, I kept telling them, you know, like, listen, but you held it five seconds longer than last week. You know, you got 1% better today and that's, that's what matters. And, you know, I, I started talking to parents and they were telling me about their kids, like taking that and like really running with it. This like idea of being 1% better. Um, specifically I had a, a student I was working with who couldn't, was struggling with box jumps. And I totally get it because box jumps are difficult. And it was just hesitancy. She could do it. It was just the hesitancy. Right before she would jump, she would hesitate. And then she would land on her knees or she'd miss the box. And she would get so frustrated in herself. And I just kept telling her, like, listen, but you got a little bit closer this time. 1% better every week. That's what we're working on. And, you know, 
she really, she's taken it to heart. I still see her every week. She's one of my favorite kids to see. And everything has gotten better. Her squats, her push-ups, she's building muscle. You know, she's, she's pushing herself. And she's so much more confident in herself. And her mom was telling me about how she loves that, like, we talk about that. About how it's not about making huge changes. It's about making a bunch of tiny changes. And, you know these kids just inspired me, you know? And, you know, I like to have goals and I was feeling lost in the gym recently. Um, you know, I was going just to go. I didn't really care about what I was doing. Um, in fact, I was starting to fall back into some harmful habits of going and just seeing like how many calories I could burn and just going so I could say I got my workout in and not actually enjoying what I was doing. And, I was like, what can I do to like feel better? And I like to work towards goals. You know, when I have something I know I'm going to do and something I know I'm working towards, I I feel so much more focused. I mean, that's everybody. That's not an uncommon thing. Um, but so, you know, um, Rayanne Langis, who is a curve model and one of the co-hosts of the Confident Collective podcast, as well as Taylor Woods, who is a YouTuber and content creator. Um, I love them both dearly. I love them both so much. They have such positive mindsets. They have great advice. And I I watch all of their content. Um, Almost at the same exact time, I was in the gym one night and I saw on both of their stories at almost the same exact time that they had signed up for half marathons. And I was like, huh, half marathon, 13 miles, 13.1. I don't know. I feel like I could do that. And then I was like, maybe I'll sign up for like a 10K or something because I've done 5Ks and I actually did like two 5Ks um, in the last couple months. So I was like, I could probably like go to a 10K maybe. And I look it up and what do you know? There's actually, you know, I was there were five and 10 K's, but I was like, "Eh, I don't know. That one's far. That one's during work. This one's this, that one's that giving excuses. And then I saw that there is one half marathon happening in New Jersey in this year. Um, at least one that was posted online. Only one in Wildwood, which is like down in South Jersey. It's like two and a half hours from me. But I was like, huh, I think this is like a sign. Like, and I thought to sign up for a half marathon, like I said, I needed a goal to work towards and I was getting tired of going to the gym or at least, you know, doing heavy weightlifting in the gym. Plus like my body was tired of weightlifting and I was just getting frustrated in my workouts. I was like, what if I like work towards this completely new goal? So I did, I signed up as soon as I got home from the gym, I signed up for the, the inaugural Wildwood half marathon. Um, and then I signed up and then I panicked because I was like, oh my God, I cannot run 13 miles. I can barely run a mile. Um, you know, and I was, I think in the moment I was rationalizing like, oh, well, I've done a little bit more running recently. Like in the fall, I got into running a little bit, but like I said, I was only running like a mile. I would literally run a mile and then I would just walk home. Um, so I was like, oh my God, wait, th- I do that 13 times in a row without stopping. And I like started to panic. And then I was like, listen, I'm going to find a training plan and I'm going to get it done. And I watched all these videos about half marathons. Um, and Taylor was using the, I talk about her like she's my friend. Hi, Taylor. Taylor Woods on YouTube. Um, she made a video talking about the beginning of her half marathon training experience. And she was using the Nike running app. And I was like, huh. And for those of you who don't know, Nike has two apps. They have, well, they and their shop, I suppose, if they have a shop app. But they have their Nike training app, which is like for gym and at-home workouts, um, like with body weight as well as um, like gym equipment, um, workouts, things for working on things like endurance, flexibility, strength. But they also have their Nike Running Club app. And the Nike Running Club app is a bunch of guided runs um, that you can do. They also have training programs and they had a half marathon training program. And the Nike Running Club and Nike Training Club apps are both free. They're completely free. 
um, which is surprising, but also not surprising. They're like a gazillion dollar company. So, I mean, that's very nice of them, I guess. But also, like, you make a gazillion dollars, so it should be free. Anyway, it is free. Um, and I started, I downloaded the app. And I started going through it, and I was like, you know, I think I can do this with the right training. And I looked through the training guide, and you could start up to 14 weeks before your half marathon with training. And I was at about 16 weeks when I signed up. So I was like, I'm going to spend the next two weeks just getting back into running. And then I'll start, I'll start training. And it was good that I started that early because then I could use those first two weeks to just kind of explore the app. And lo and behold, they have like a getting started guided training run pack, like your first run, your second run, your first distance run, your first um, speed run, your first this, your first that. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to do these for the next two weeks. And then I'm going to start my training program. Now, at first, I was really nervous because, you know, these guided runs are coaches, you know, they're not live, it's all recorded, but they're in your ear, like they're in your headphones talking to you. And I thought it was going to be like, you have to push yourself, push harder, let's go, like, you know, go a little bit faster, do a little bit longer. And like, you know, I just don't respond to that super well. I burn out really easily to that kind of, um, that kind of coaching um and I just don't think I would have stuck to it so I was a little nervous I promise this is coming back to one percent better in about two seconds um but yeah I start using the app and I'm going on my first run and I, I walk outside I had gotten a new pair of running shoes um, I and I start jogging and coach Bennett the Nike running global head coach is in my ear and the first thing he says is you know thank you so much for coming back to the starting line and you are now better than when you woke up this morning because you made it here and I was like whoa like what so I continue this run and he just keeps saying you know this run should be easy. I'm not telling you to run slow. I'm not telling you to, you know, to be walking or anything like that. But this should not be a hard run. You should not be running at a hard pace. You should be running at an easy pace. If I was there next to you, would you be able to hold a conversation with me? If your breathing's too heavy and you wouldn't be able to do that, you're going too fast. You need to slow down. And like all of these things that like I'd all like all of my ideas about running were thrown out the window like at that point because he's talking to me about you know taking it easy and how like you don't have to be running fast all the time and that there's all these different kinds of runs that I didn't even know about and all these things all these things and he's just so motivational and he just keeps saying like thank you so much for running with me today it is a pleasure and honor to coach you you are a runner because you decided to come out today and that makes you an athlete that makes you a runner and you know I think it was just like a 15 minute run and I came home so motivated and so excited to go on my next run and I did. And I kept going on runs. And by the end of those two weeks, I ran a 5K. I ran the whole thing, which I had never done before. I had never run a full 5K. Um, but I did. I ran 3.1 miles without stopping by the end of like those two weeks of like just getting back into running. I had never, ever done that before. I'd only ever run a full mile without stopping. And it was just... It truly opened my eyes to how important it is to work towards little goals, to work towards those 1% betters. Um, at the time I'm recording this, I'm about, I just started my third week of training for that half marathon. So I had my two weeks of just getting back into running and now I'm in my th two weeks and now I've done two weeks of the half tra marathon training program. I'm just starting my third week. And I mean, the progress I've made in just that amount of time 
has been amazing because I, if you had told me six months ago that I'd be able to run five miles without stopping, I would have laughed in your face. But I, my idea of running back then was also so different. Like in my head, if you had told me I'd run five miles, it would have been that I ran five miles basically like sprinting. Like I would have ran five miles at like a nine or 10 minute pace because that's what I've seen all over the internet, right? Or from people I know. And it makes sense for them because most of them have been running for a very, very long time. But no, my pace right now, on my five mile run, my pace was about a 12.30, okay? And that's okay. Because you know what? I started at a 14 minute pace. That means I've knocked off a minute and a half off my pace since I started running with this training program. That's huge. That's huge. Not in in actual duration. A minute and a half is a minute and a half. But it's huge because I'm making sustainable improvements. Because I'm not focused on being the best right away. I'm focused on getting a little bit better every day. And... You know, every time I go into that app, every time I start a run, the the first thing they say, like always, all the time is, welcome back to the starting line. Like, I'm so glad you're here. By you running today, you are going to go to bed better than when you woke up this morning. Like, what a mindset shift that was for me. And I just want so many more people to benefit from that. It's, it's so huge and like this is just in running I'm talking about but this is a mindset shift for for life I mean there are just so many ways to implement the one percent better mindset into your life um and it's just like whatever his name was on Twitter Dr. Doyle says you know if you can't like he says, if you can't clean up the whole room, just clean one one corner of it. Like, if you can't take a shower, like you can barely get out of bed, wash your face, brush your teeth. You know, like, it's not about doing everything when everything seems overwhelming. It's the little things that will slowly lead to the big things. Okay, we just took a long pause um, because someone FaceTime me to wish me happy Valentine's Day and she also says hello so Katie says hi everybody hi Katie um anyway I don't remember where I left off but I think it was something along the lines of one percent better can be um kind of that mentality can be used in a lot of different situations um number one and what comes to my mind almost immediately is your relationship with food and again that can also go in two ways so if we're talking about you know my experience um I went from not eating enough to you know binging a lot and now I'm in this mentality where um you know as one second it's a little difficult to explain I need to I need to gather my thoughts so the overall big goal is that I would have no restrictions on any food and that I would allow myself to eat any food without guilt or without restriction. That's a very big goal and when I tried to reach that at first it led to me binging a lot. Um, So I have to work in baby steps, right? Um, So for me, as long as I don't binge right now, that means I'm having a good day. Um, maybe I didn't eat the most nutritious meals. Um, you know, maybe it was a lack of vegetables for the day, or maybe I didn't get enough protein in. But if I don't binge at the end of the night, that means I'm having a good day. And that means I'm going to bed better than I when I woke up. Since I've started that mentality, I am now over a month binge-free, which is huge. I can't even remember the last time I've gone this long without binging. It's just like, it's insane. And 
you know, as, as this becomes easier and easier, the next step will be, you know, as long as I can get close to my protein goal every day, that's being 1% better. As long as I have maybe one or two servings of vegetables every day, that's 1% better. And every single day, you know, I work towards that goal of being able to eat without guilt and, you know, not have restriction. And that works in other ways too. You know, for other people, maybe it's allowing yourself to enjoy life without tracking. Maybe it's, you know, allowing yourself to go out to dinner with friends and not reading the menu beforehand and looking up the calories in every meal. That's 1% better if you can go a day without doing that and that's something that you usually do. That's 1% better. If we're thinking about working out, like I've been saying before, the fact that I got, I go out and run every day is enough. Um, and the prime example of that was last week, not this past week, but the week before, my distance run was supposed to be four miles. And I was in a really, really bad mood. I was not feeling good. I was on my period and I was just mentally in the dumpster. Um, you know, I like had to talk with my boss and cried. Like I was just like not feeling good, but I wanted to go on that run. I like needed to go on that run and I brought, it was raining and I thought I brought a rain jacket, but what I brought was a windbreaker. And if you don't know, there is quite a distinct line between a windbreaker and a rain jacket. That line being that a windbreaker is not waterproof and a rain jacket usually is. So I put on my, my long sleeve shirt because it was a cold rain. It was like, you know, 35, 40 degrees out. Oh no, my notebook. That's okay. I stopped reading my notes about at the like 10 minute mark. Um, anyway, yeah, so I, it was like 40 degrees, it's raining. So I put on my long sleeve shirt and I put on my windbreaker and I go outside and I walked to the neighborhood I was going to run in because I was at work. Like I was going on a run on my break and I go to the neighborhood and I start running and about the mile and a half, two mile mark, I just start crying because like my legs hurt and I'm tired and I'm in a bad mood and I'm soaking wet like soaking wet and I keep stepping in puddles and puddles are very cold water so now my feet are numb and like soaking wet and I was just so upset and coach Bennett with his immaculate timing says in my ear now you're at, at about the two mile mark which could mean two things you could be feeling really good or you could be feeling really bad and I was like that is correct coach Bennett I am feeling very bad and he's like, I want you to just float. I want you to just imagine that your feet are not pounding into pavement or into a trail and that you're just floating. You know, this run is here for enjoyment. And the fact that you got out today and you're doing your run in the rain or the cold or the heat, um, maybe your jackets or maybe your shirt is too tight or maybe you should have worn a different fabric or maybe it's really cold and you're regretting now that you didn't wear gloves or maybe you're just not having a good day but the fact is that you're running and that makes you better than when you woke up this morning and whew, I needed to hear that I needed to hear that in that moment um I did not finish the full four miles I finished three point like seven eight 3.75 like I was just about there but my break at work was like just about over and I was I had to go teach classes and I was soaking wet so you know I could have been so angry that I didn't finish that run or that it was just bad it just wasn't a good run for me but in hindsight and I think I realized this a little bit in the moment too I went out and I ran you know I didn't have to do that but I did. I made the conscious decision and put in the conscious effort to start running. And that's not something I would have done 
six months ago, two months ago. That makes me better than I was when I woke up that morning, when I had woken up a month ago, when I had woken up six months ago. Made me better. Even if it was just by a little bit, it made me better. So, there you are. That's a physical 1% better mentality goal or whatever. I kind of lost my wording on that, but that's a way to tie it in to your workout goals. You know, maybe your goal is to squat 200 pounds, right? And you're feeling discouraged because you're plateaued right now at 150. And, you know, you're just frustrated and it makes you want to give up. The fact that you're going into the gym and you're squatting 150 time and time again and you keep doing it, that makes you 1% better. The fact that you haven't give up on it, given up on it yet makes you 1% better. Your plateau will pass. Is Consistency is the key there. Consistency makes you 1% better every single day. Let's look at it through emotional wellness. You know, I made the goal at the beginning of the year, it was one of my New Year's intentions, that I was going to journal every day. I did do not journal every day. I journal much more often than I used to, though. And that's because I don't force myself to write when I don't have anything to write about. And those days that I don't have anything to write about is usually because I've talked it out with a friend or I've, you know, ranted to a coworker, or I've recorded a podcast like I am right now. So in a way, I am making myself 1% better because I am, while I may not be journaling every day, I'm releasing those emotions. I'm talking through my thoughts and feelings. And that makes me 1% better every day. Makes me a better communicator every day. It makes me more emotionally intelligent every day. And it makes me feel better every day. The 1% mentality can be like a total like mind flip for you. It can change the way you look at everything. It has for me. I mean, I'm just so excited about it. I can barely get my words out. This this podcast is kind of a mess. <laughs> but you know what? Last week I tried to record this podcast and I got so frustrated in the way that I sounded and like I was stumbling over my words like I am now. And I just deleted the whole thing. I recorded the whole thing and then I deleted it because I was like, this is not what I wanted. And I didn't even finish it. Like, I just kind of stopped recording and deleted the whole thing. But here I am today, and I'm very confident that I'm going to finish it, and I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to post it. And that makes me 1% better than I was the last time I tried to record this podcast. Because this podcast is still far from perfect. I'm not in my car, (laughs) for one thing. Um, I'm still stumbling over my words. I'm... Not feeling well physically right now. You can probably tell from my voice. Um, but I got it done. And I got out what I wanted to say in a way that I think most people will understand. And that's enough. That's like, that's more than 1% better than the last time I tried to record this. That's like a whole like 5% better, at least. It's, it's just... It's so mind-blowing what a change this has made for, for me and my mental well-being and my goal-setting. So I challenge you then, next time you have any goal you're working towards that may be super big and because it's super big, seem impossible... I want you to break it down into those steps that'll make you 1% better and push you 1% towards that goal. And that can be any goal. 
that can be a gym goal, like I said before, trying to squat 200 pounds or, you know, you know, raising your deadlift max or spending longer on the treadmill or the stairs or the elliptical, anything that could be emotional goals. Um, like I said, working through your emotions, that could be journaling, that could be finding a therapist. These goals that you're working towards, write them down, write down the big goal, even if it's scary. And then write down all those little things that you can do to work towards that goal. And then focus on those little things. Take it day by day. You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, never lose sight of the big picture. Never lose sight of the big picture. As long as the big picture is in like the very back of your head, like in the filing cabinet in your brain, focus on the little things. You don't need to be constantly thinking about that big goal because take it from me, the longer you think about that big goal, the more you're going to lose focus on the little things and the more likely you are to burn out. Keep it in the filing cabinet in your brain. Take it out when you need some inspiration, when you need a reminder of what you're working towards. And then go back to focusing on those little things because those little things are what lead to the big things. And that's what I gotta say. That's what I gotta say about that. But we're not done yet. The last thing I want to do at the end of every episode is answer some questions from you guys, my little community over on Instagram, which you can find um, at Nourish by Emily on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. Um, I put out a question to my followers on Instagram asking any questions that they had in terms of progressing their wellness goals. And I got a couple answers. I think we're going to do two or three today. Um, and I'm no all-knowing being. I understand that. But it's super nice to get that perspective from someone else. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you can come back at me and tell me what worked and tell me what didn't work. Like, I love to hear from you guys. Um... You know, I get messages every day, which is honestly crazy because, like, I don't have a huge following, um, which is fine because I'm super grateful for the following I do have and how close-knit those people feel to me. Um, But every day I'm getting messages from you guys, and that tells me, like, how much this connection means to you. It means just as much to me, if not more. So please keep messaging me, um, especially if you send in a question and you're listening to this, like, get back to me with what worked and what didn't work so that while you're bettering yourself, I'm also bettering myself. Um, so I am going to go through a couple of these. Um, one question I got was, I feel like I haven't made progress in a long time on my goals. How do I get out of a plateau? So that's a great question. And this plateaus like plagued me when I was losing weight. Um, and that's for a couple reasons. I simply wasn't eating enough. And when you're not eating enough, like your body goes into a, a sort of survival mode. Like it, it recognizes that you're not, not a survival mode, a starvation mode where it recognizes that you're not eating enough. So it's keeping the energy it can, and it's not going to burn as much. Um, which is why a lot of people who go on really extreme diets either gain the weight back or they just stop losing weight. They can't, they can't keep up with it. It's not sustainable because your body recognizes it as starvation. A story, a podcast for another day. Um, but yes, it was something I saw a lot when I was losing weight for myself. Um, and it's frustrating. And I totally hear how frustrated you are right now. Um, and it's so defeating too, when you're working towards goals and I don't know what your goals are, losing weight, gaining muscle, you know, working on emotional wellness or anything, anything you're working on can plateau. And it is, it's frustrating. It's defeating. And I hear you. The best advice I can give you is to be consistent. Yes. Stay consistent as possible. And if you think you're being consistent and you're still not seeing 
any change, keep a record of what you're doing. Quadruple check that you're actually being consistent. Because a lot of times we're thinking we're being consistent, but really we're not. When I was losing weight, I thought I was being really consistent with my eating, but looking back, I was really starving myself during the week and then eating as much as I wanted on the weekends. You know what I mean? Um, which is not healthy. And again, I'm, I'm anti-diet. I'm, I, I'm working on loving my body how it is. And I believe that everybody is beautiful, but it's, you know, that experience is so near and dear to me that it's, it's something that I can use in a lot of scenarios to explain things because that was my experience. Anyway, um, you know, you think you may think you're being consistent, but when you start writing things down or, you know, you just start keeping any sort of record of what you're doing, you may realize that you're not being as consistent as you think you are. And if you take those records and you realize you are being consistent, check if you're being sustainable. Sustainability is just as big as consistency because the fact is if your routine or your habits are not sustainable, you will not be consistent in the future. Um, or your body will not be able to keep up with those habits. Um, really, it just depends on what you're working on. But let's take it from a gym perspective. If you are trying to lift every single day, let's say you're consistently trying to do a 300-pound deadlift. I don't know. But every day you're failing at it, it's because your body is not ready for 300 pounds. That's not sustainable. You're going to lead to injury. Take a step back. Re rehash those goals. You know, okay, so that goal is, it's, it's, it's a goal you can keep, but it's a little too far out. Put that one back in the filing cabinet. Let's think about those small pieces again. All right, well, why don't you go back to a 250 deadlift or 200 deadlift? Focus on your form. How does your back feel? How do your legs feel? You know, make sure you're doing all those little steps first that'll make it more sustainable and easier to be consistent as you progress. And that is how you get out of a plateau. Write it all down, make sure you're consistent, and make sure what you're doing already is sustainable. And if it's not, go back to the drawing boards and figure out how you can make it sustainable and stay consistent. I'm going to answer one more question, and it's one I really like. Um, what are some health and wellness goals that don't center around losing weight? I think this is so important, especially in the you know, female-identifying realm, because you know, losing weight and having the ideal body is fed to us so often and so much. Um, that when you tell people you're going to a gym, they assume it's to lose weight. You tell people you're eating healthier, they assume it's to lose weight. Here's, here's the deal. And this is going to sound like, yeah, duh, Emily, of course. But like, I think just really take it to heart. You can go to the gym or do cardio or lift weights or eat healthier without the overall goal being to lose weight. Your goal can just to, can just be to eat healthier. Your goal can just be to increase your cardio or increase your weightlifting. Those are goals in and of themselves. You know, if you're looking for goals bigger than that, you know, it can be, you know, making sure you have a portion of vegetables two times a day or making sure you hit your protein goal every day. If you're looking at the gym, it can be trying to get a certain amount of reps with a certain amount of weight when you're squatting or deadlifting or doing bicep curls or literally anything. Um, it could be that you want to be on the elliptical with Stairmaster for at least 15 minutes. Um, it could be that you want to be able to run for, you know, two miles without stopping. All of these are goals that some people might see and be like, oh, it's because you want to lose weight, right? 
No, the answer can just be that you want to be able to run two miles or you want to be able to lift weights or you want to be able to eat healthy. Those are goals. Um, let's think in other realms. Because um, when we think of wellness, you know, we often think of that physical side and that emotional side. But there's also plenty of other sides to wellness. In fact, there are seven dimensions of wellness. I highly recommend looking it up because that like broke my brain. But if you're looking on the emotional side, maybe it's like me. Maybe it's journaling twice a week or every day. Or maybe it's, you know, identifying new emotions. Um, if we're looking at occupational wellness, that's like in your job. Maybe that's, you know, um, trying to apply for three new jobs that are better suited for you. Um, maybe that's having that uncomfortable conversation with your boss. Spiritual wellness. Maybe that's exploring a new religion or exploring any sort of spirituality practice. You know, exploring one or two new ones and seeing what you identify with. There are just, there are so many goals that can better your wellness that make you feel good outside of losing weight, outside of the physical realm in general. But yeah, outside of losing weight, so many, so many. And if you need more, DM me or give me an idea of what you're looking for and we can work together and find some goals that work for you. Um, but yeah, that's what I have question-wise today. Um, thank you so much for listening. I know this was probably a lot to listen to, um, but I appreciate you being here for it. And I'm going to keep working and getting 1% better at recording my podcasts and forming words and taking better notes. Um, so if this podcast continues to grow and get better and see success um, in, in any way, be success in any way. If it's helping one person, it's successful. So yeah, that's what I have to say today. I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day. I hope that you are working towards your goals and working towards that 1% better. And I will see you soon, hopefully. No, not hopefully, for sure. I will see you and talk to you soon. Bye, guys.